Hello everybody and welcome back to another spoiler review with me, Aborda Prince. And today we are talking about The Pale King, the Mortarian Primark novel, or novella, that's recently come out, fairly recently, by David Annandale. This was uh, one I went into with a bit of trepidation, because in all honesty, I am not the biggest fan of David Annandale's work. Not that it's bad, that's far worse, believe me. But it's that he... The stuff I've read of his... It was about five years ago, the last thing I read from him. It was probably about five years ago, at least four years ago. And it's always felt quite stilted and quite drawn out. Like, I don't think... like it, 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 The stories never felt fast-paced. They felt a bit turgid, a bit slow. Uh, never really was a massive fan of his work. Well, I don't know what he's done in the last, like, five years or four years or so. He has <laughs> grown as a writer quite significantly, at least in my opinion. Because this was a real treat. Uh, it reminded me in many ways of the old battle books, uh, a return back to that style of things. Now, previously, when all we got was bolter porn, battle books, that sort of thing, eh, we didn't really get that many battle books, but, you know, bolter porn, just, you know, combat, where everything was orientated around combat more. I used to complain that there wasn't enough character. Now we think with GW and Black Library have gone the opposite direction. Now there's too much character. And I'm reading stories of pretentious characters, basically, of like, huh, it's, I'm, like, there's just snarkiness. It feels like snarkiness. And there's no, you know, pure power in the talk. Like, it's been a while since we've had anything like Kato Sicarius treading on a uh, tau social dissident. You know what I mean? She's all, you're all, you're reading it and you're like, oh, wow, are we supposed to feel sympathy for this person who's stuck in a cast? And you know, they want to be artistic, but they're stuck in this cast that won't allow them to be artistic. And in comes Kato Sicarius. Boom! Xenos filth! It's been a while since we've had that. In that vein, it's been a while since we've had a pure battle book, in my opinion. I know the heresy's going on, obviously. And this links up with that. But, you know, unlike the Siege of Terror, which I feel, I mean, from what I've, I'm behind on Heresy, don't get me wrong, but I feel like that's become a bit lost in the weeds with too many characters. And again, I'll say again, Perpetuals were a mistake. They shouldn't have never been allowed to be such a prominent part of the Horus Heresy lore or the 40k lore. I find them a bit lame at this point. I think they're just silly at this point. John Grammaticus should have been a one-off. That's, that's all I'm going to say on that. Now, I was a bit down on 40k stuff. Uh, because I read a, a sequence of novels, which I won't go into really, but a bunch of novels, and they were all terrible from Black Library. This is not. This is quality. And the reason why I talk about David Annandale and my... I wouldn't say dislike or anything like that. It's just I wasn't a big fan of his work. I didn't, like, if I saw a David Annandale book, I wouldn't immediately think, oh, fantastic. I would just think, eh, what's it about? And I, and I say that to, in order to say, this, on the other hand, is amazing. And despite my general feelings on his writing abilities... He is quality in this novel. And I, I, I'm looking forward to see what else he does because if this is the quality of writing he's got now, I think other stuff he does is going to be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. So this story, what is it? We join Mortarian as he's about to exterminate a world. And he says, basically, this experiment with mercy is over. So we get the idea that he's gone through a whole process of trying to be merciful, trying to be understanding, trying to be reasonable. And uh, it's been thrown back in his face by this planet of sorcerers. And he's just going to exterminate them now, as he knew he should have done from the start. And then we get a flashback of why he takes on that attitude. And it's because he was placed under censure by, and this is spoilers, obviously, by the Emperor and Horus and Sanguinius were sent to evaluate his activities on a planet controlled by a group called the Order. 
and they are the ultimate in tyrannical regimes. Uh, the, the the life that the people are leading is one of, it's not even a real life, you know, it's, it's, it's just existence. It's not even the life of a slave. It's just existence. They eat gruel. It has a terrible stark thing where they, they all have jobs, right? They're all, they're, none of them have names. They're all just numbers. They have jobs and they, for instance, they manufacture things. But the society is so well ordered, the order obviously, and so well managed that they have entire air, swathes of the workforce that are committed to, so, so for instance, if they go and make cloves, they make too many cloves. So they, the, a vast percentage of the cloves are sent over to another group of people who take the cloves apart and put them back into their original, into the, you know, the, the, the original elements. And then it's sent into the process to be made into cloves again. You see, it's like, it's like the workhouse thing run you know what I mean? like it's the workhouse thing run to its maximum it's it's communism run to its maximum you know this is what would happen basically and uh, it's a little bit it's not quite communism exactly it's not quite it's not the normal tyranny because you have this group of elites at the top um but then again that is communism right <laughs> as far as i've seen you know what i mean seems to happen every time so they have this this group of elites at the top who inherit their position, but it's kind of a cutthroat thing where it's not necessarily just because you inherit something, you have to at least prove your worth within the order of things within this order. And uh, basically, yeah, it's a horror show. It's an absolute horror show. And it's, it's worse in some ways than say like a chaos cult or something like that, because this is, this is humanity stripped of all virtue, right? This is humanity stripped of all, as it says, art gone. This is, this is a horror show. To me personally, this is a horror show of existence. It's a meaningless existence where you are simply existing. You are, you are, your life is simply to exist. It's nothing. There is no higher virtues. There's no glory. There's no transcendence. There's no anything. There's no... There's, no, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing to be gained. There's nothing to be done. It is just a horror show. And uh, Mortarian knows he needs to put an end to this. And it obviously rings, it speaks to him for obvious reasons because of his own existence living under the tyranny of the, uh, the overlords or whatever they were called on Barbarus, the, the thing that was his father or pretended to be his father or acted as his father, that he overthrew these, these Xenos or mutant tyrants. I think there was Xenos in the end. I think it was determined in some of the recent stuff that it is Xenos. I read a short story, I forget. But they are tyrants. They are... In fact, this is worse than that in many ways, because at least, at least the tyrants were trying to achieve something like their own gratification, their own glory. These people, the people in charge of this human society, they're not even after that. There is no higher goal. It is merely existence and the maintenance of this order that's been set up. Disgusting. Terrible, you know? And yeah, Mortarian decides to get rid of it. Now, I don't want to talk about this too much because essentially it is a battle book and it is an amazing battle book as I'll just discuss in a moment. Essentially, this is the storyline. And basically, Mortarian goes, uh, basically decides that in order to liberate this society, he's going to have to be the scythe. He's going to have to utterly destroy these people and break this society. And that's what he does. And afterwards, he sets the surviving civilian population, such as they are, he ba- like uh, they even try to surrender and he won't have it. He just exterminates the, the upper echelons of this group and all their military. He kills everybody except for the civilians. And you might ask yourself, well, why doesn't he 
Why doesn't he, you know, accept the surrender? You know, that would make the planet more compliant, which is what his brothers and what the emperor ultimately is going to, you know, part of them are going to consider. Why didn't you do this? Well, he says, uh, because uh, that's not going to, well, basically it's not going to work. They're, the civilian population need to be freed utterly and they need to see that their oppressors have been destroyed. I am the Sive. That might be something like if another legion came, another Primarch came, they might be able to do something like that. They might be able to do this, might be able to do that. This is my way, and it's the only way, and it's the only way that works, and it's the only way I know how to do things. So, this leads to a displeasing incident for the Emperor, and he's not very happy about this. He's disappointed in Mortarion because he expected better from him, he expected a much more enlightened, perhaps, or I don't know how to express it really. He expected more from him than simply to exterminate these people and leave mounds of bodies everywhere but that's what Mortarion does and he also sets the civilian population he tells them to to count the dead and they being born into a society where they must obey all commands right they do it and they set to it with a religious ardor they understand that they've been freed but they simply adopt him and his message as their as their worldview and this is what the emperor is disappointed in apparently because he's he's merely replaced one tyranny with another I guess, in the, in the, the Emperor's eyes. And it's going to take so long. The nature, like the victory is achieved, but the nature of the victory is going to take so long to repair. It's going to be generations. It's going to be hundreds of years before this society is free in a way that other societies are because of the nature of the population, the culture that they're going to inherit, what they are. They're just like, it's not even, they are called labour units. You get me? Any... Any humanity has been stripped from them for generations. It's been bred out of them. It's shocking. But anyway, that's the sort of rough story. Now, the battle itself is the main thing you're coming at, uh, you're coming for. And it is an amazing battle. It's so brutal. It's so harsh. And that's why I don't want this, this video. We're already at 10 minutes. I'm just checking. I don't want this video to be too long because I'll end up talking about the battle and it defeats the point of your reading the book. You should get this book or get the audio book. Links in the description below. If you'd like to try the audio book, get, get the audio book, get an Audible subscription using my link below or pick up the book going to Amazon using my link below. But I genuinely mean it. This is a great experience. I really enjoyed this. I found it really enjoyable in the sense that it was like an old battle book. Uh, it was a, a grand over the top combat brutal in every way there's rad weapons used there's people being rotted off the bone from these radiation weapons and stuff like that. it's quality stuff and i don't want to talk about it too much because it will spoil it but it is really good we also get some moments where we see um tyra uh, tyros typhus is he called tyrus still i forget Ty you know typhus in his beginnings before he becomes who he is captain typhus and again my favorite character yeah i always remember in um in Chris Wright's uh, Lords of Silence, when Typhus shows up and he goes, oh, shit. It's so funny. Anyway, he's in it, like the younger him, and also Garo. Is it Garo? Yeah, Garo. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. Garo's in it, obviously his younger self. But it's a nice view of uh, Mortarian and how he views himself. Another character emerges and we get some pretty interesting scenes that delve into the psyche of Mortarian and you see why it is that he probably would have betrayed himself because he is it's not that he's a simple character because that's not what I mean he is a complicated character but he has a very simple black and white worldview and it's interesting to see a character like that wielding the kind of power of a Primarch of a Legion and how they are going to much like much like Comrade Kurz 
they have a very stark view of reality due to their upbringing. Their upbringing has scarred them, essentially. And it, again, it's that thing of environment versus upbringing versus um, nature versus nurture. And I think it's the you see here the nurture thing take, taken to the fore, right? The Primarchs, all of them, have within them the capability of becoming great generals, becoming great warlords, great figures, great, you know, messianic figures, commanders of the highest esteem, you know, demigods, essentially. But you see that the way the worlds they're born into, the environments they're born into, affect their development. But they're also always, they're obviously also different flavours of the Emperor's personality and this Erda character now, apparently. But um, I guess the eggs had to come from somewhere, right? I guess. So you see the, you see the different elements of their makeup, the different uh, sort of flavours of the personality of uh, the Emperor, let's say, and how that meshes into his offspring. So, yeah, interesting stuff, interesting story. It's just, overall, it's more of a fun, awesome battle book, you know, and I like that sort of return to that kind of just awesome sort of combat. So I recommend it. I think you should get it. Definitely get it. It's a nice return to good 40K stuff for me. Like I said, I was a bit down on stuff because I've just read some really bad, ooh, some bad, not nearly enough to lamp over, some bad, um... 40k and heresy stuff of not to heresy stuff but 40k stuff some of the 40k stuff that's come out recently has been pretty dire in my opinion and it's really got me down on 40k but then i read this and then i read um i read before this i read uh, the dark city which is amazing i did a review on that and uh, i read this and both tremendous books it's really got me back into 40k and got me positive about the uh, the world again and hopefully the next <laughs> and this is the problem the next one i've got to read is rogel dawn but that's what gav Thorpe. And Gav Forbes ropey sometimes. Sometimes he writes amazing stuff like Lorgar, the Lorgar um, novel, fantastic. Other times, uh, not so much. And yeah, I don't think I've enjoyed a novel he's written since Lorgar. I'll give him props for Lorgar, amazing book. But I'm trying to think of anything else. No. Disappointed or extremely annoyed it was uh, would be my takes from <clears throat> everything else I've read of him since then. Anyway, I'm going to go. Thank you all very much. I highly recommend this. Good on David Annandale. Pulled it out of the bag on this one. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, we'll see how Rogel Dawn goes. And I don't know what else I've got after that. I've got a bunch of books ready to go. Oh, Sigismund. I've got to get through Sigismund. So we'll see how that goes again. And that's from John French. And uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Thanks very much again. Thank you to everybody supporting the channel. I'll be back again with more bigger stuff soon. In the meantime, ta-ra. Cheers. <laughs>